somewhere in Evanston, the University of Northwestern campus. Across the table is a distinguished American novelist, Ralph Ellison. In 1953, The Invisible Man, his work won the National Book Award. I hope we can talk to Mr. Ellison about a number of things. The novelist today and his beautiful pieces I remember in the Saturday Review about Jimmy Rushing, the blues singer from Oklahoma City, I believe Mr. Ellison's hometown, and his uh, piece, his tribute to Mahalia Jackson, too. But this is all part, I believe, of the man himself, Ralph Ellison. The Invisible Man today, I suppose, is part of the American lexicon. I think in these years, the Invisible Man has become a bit more visible. No thanks to the man who didn't see him, but to the Negro himself, who has found a, a new sense of pride in himself and militancy. Now, I'm assuming a great deal. I'm assuming this is what you believe, Ralph Ellison. <laughs> am, I, uh, am I off on this? Well, uh, not really. I, uh, to the last statement, though, I would make a qualification. What often appears to be a newfound militancy is not so new. It's, it's the the uh, a question of timing. Sometimes when you have to, you, being militant means to withhold your forces, reserve, uh, wait for the, the moment when you can be most effective. And I think that uh, the experience of Negroes, we've been so aware of, the, uh, of our minority numbers, so to speak, has, and I think knowing this, knowing where the power was, knowing what the circumstances were, and knowing that, that, that legally segregation had the blessings of the uh, Supreme Court, there wasn't too much one could do except not accommodate so much, but learn to live within the situation while keeping alive certain goals, which are the American goals of equality and freedom. As you're saying this, Mr. Ellison, this matter of it has always been there, it has never been, say, overtly expressed as today, wouldn't this help explain what we call double talk or jive or the fact that, uh, you know, throughout the years the jester has always been able to say things that he could not say straight. Isn't this so? You know, the, the double talk involved, it was always there, but because the time wasn't, you know, uh, the man who set it out would have been one way or another killed or, or deprived yes. of job. That's true, but I, I'm, I'm interested in something else, too, in this connection. Uh, when you really want a clue as to how mixed um, the modes were, you look at the blues, you listen to the blues, and you, what people have, with great uh, I guess too much facility, uh, spoken of mainly as a matter of laughing to keep from crying was something else. As a blues is, is full of defiance and full of, uh, of uh, the, the, uh, the dis uh, of descriptions of just how rugged life could be, while at the same time through the, the uh, music, through the lyricism, through the, the, the uh, the verve which they express, uh, they reveal that, that uh, the people who were singing them were not defeated. Over and over again, you, you read descriptions that, well, when the Negro had the blues, he, he, 
he felt bad, he felt melancholy, and he sang the blues. Well, this is, this is, uh, one part of <laughs> that's only one part of it. The uh, part of the, the um, resonance of jazz, part of that which isn't overtly stated, grows out of what was considered fear, but was really uh, uh, the, the attitude of men who knew what they were up against and who were still, who, but who still hadn't given up. I mean, this is a spirit of, uh, uh, which has always been there. The blues, uh, you said the blues also expresses a militancy, a protest, also a joy. Blues can be triumphant too, can't it? Yes, well, that's it. They, they are a form of triumph. Uh, and they were what we had instead of a lot of, of uh, political and social triumphs. Uh, this, it's, I think it's very important to understand this now, uh, so that what's, what is uh, 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 re being revealed by Negroes today will not be misunderstood. Um, uh, it's often said in the paper, well, the Negro has lost his fear. Well, he didn't have that kind of fear, you see. Uh, and, and many people, uh, some of them friends of mine, was, often say, well, why didn't you rise up and, uh, and just uh, resort to violence? So, well, that is too easy. <laughs> that is too easy. They don't understand that, the, that, that uh, the more heroic thing, the more militant thing was to sustain oneself, keep alive the values, work until you could find some ways to do something effective about it. It's too easy to die. And Negroes have learned long ago that they could get their heads whipped and survive. <laughs> so that, that isn't the thing. You know, as you're saying this, I think I immediately, of course, a lyric comes to my mind. I think of Bessie Smith's Young Woman's Blues. I'm as good as any woman in this town. I paraphrase now. Yeah. She said it much more beautifully. Or in Backwater Blues, this is where my house, but nonetheless, she survived. Settlement of survival. Yes, it's exactly that. And uh, uh, the expression is the clue to what could not be expressed politically, what could not be overtly revealed. A witness explained, in, uh, you know, in jazz, you know, and so often, and this is a truism, as no, so often uh, the, the white man takes uh, a certain line, uh, he's hip. But it came from this particular man who was a Negro. Jive talk, for example. Isn't this, in a way, hidden, a hidden language? It's a hidden language, uh, but a specialized hidden language. I think language, um, um, when, it's, when it's alive, when it's vital, has to reveal a close connection between the actual reality, which the group of people lives, um, as against the official uh, uh, language. Because language is, you know, American, American um, um, fictional prose, as well as the, the, the general language, has been much affected by the presence of Negroes. The, 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 the music of uh, American speech owes quite a lot to Negroes. To the, to, to the transplanted African and, and to the, the, uh, what he did with the English language in the South. And of course, uh, there's a great effect uh, uh, which the Negro had upon the language of Southerners. But behind the language, I think, and, 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 uh, 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 is 
the sense that the words, in, uh, certain words in the, in, in the mouths of white men did not reveal the reality which Negroes <laughs> were actually living. And, and this uh, was part of the, 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 the impulse toward slang uh, or toward the Negro idiom. Uh, I, I sometimes refer to the unwritten dictionary of American Negro usage <laughs> because there is this great body of, of language, uh, much of which has become the property of, of anyone who is interested. Today, yes, yes. become almost part of the, in a way, part of the franca lingua of our day. That's right. Uh, that which we hear, a certain slang and idiom, may indeed be Negro in origin. That's that right. was accepted by jazz men and then the rest of the world. Sure. Well, as you're talking, Ralph Ellison, we should know more about the man himself, Ralph Ellison, writer, observer of the American scene. Y you uh, worked, you knew these jazz men who became celebrated figures later on from this enclave in Oklahoma City. You writing, now, uh, you were thinking of being a composer, you were thinking in, in, in the world of music. Yes, well, uh, this was because um, there were few writers in my community. Uh, in fact, I knew of only one, and that was uh, Roscoe Dungey, the editor of the Negro Paper. He's quite a uh, great editorialist in the style of, you know, the old individual journalist who knew what the world was like as far as he saw it and who expressed it. And uh, this man, of course, was ahead of uh, most of us because he was a constitutionalist. And I'd heard that all my life. That is, that you went to the Constitution to, uh, to get your rights, and you found ways of making it work for you. But um, I, uh, I got my first sense of the artist discipline, uh, not from knowing writers, but from knowing uh, people like Hot Lips Page and Jimmy Rushing and Walter Page and, and that whole crowd men who um, uh, were rehearsing all the time, even when they had no jobs to go to, but who were dedicated to their instruments. And they were making something alive and, and quite wonderful. And everyone who was interested in jazz, and most of uh, the young kids were in Oklahoma City, and many of the older ones, uh, they, they just uh, went and, and they got the idea, well, this is the way you made something, by working on it and by doing uh, uh, doing what you said you wanted to do uh, as though you really meant it. So it's a pride in craft. In a, a pride way. in yeah. craft and, and a pride in, in, in the ability to create something new. Uh, and through that uh, creation to have an impact upon um, other people, people who, who, who felt better and who, who felt uh, life, at least for the moment, was more promising. Well, funny as you're saying this, uh, Ralph Ellison, I'm thinking of uh, a very perceptive essay, but it's quite moving one too, of society, morality, and the novel that I'd read just to catch up with Ralph Ellison in a, a, a paper book called The Living Novel. And what you're saying, as applied to these jazz men, to these yeah. artists, would apply, indeed, I'm sure it does, to the novelist, doesn't it? I think so. I think so. Uh, one of the things which was uh, most striking about them is that although each one of them wanted to create something new, that is to, to forge a new style, as Charlie Christian was able to do, 
and as the, the um, some of these men, most of them in ensemble, did when they got in the Basie's band. But the very interesting thing about the musicians of that time was that they wanted to do this not by leapfrogging uh, the tradition, but by mastering it. And they, 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 they listened to everybody. They listened to white musicians. They listened to, to classical musicians. They listened to, to the, the uh, uh, older Negro bands. They listened to, to uh, Jelly Roll Martin. They listened to, to King Oliver. And they were listening to Louis. Uh, uh, they were listening to the, the um, cotton pickers. And McKinney's, McKinney's cotton pickers. Yeah. They were they were part of a conscious tradition. You know, we, we've got to mm -hmm. latch on to this. It's something you just said. Now, I'm sure this has implications beyond jazz, and I'm sure this applies to all forms of the art. You said they were not leapfrogging tradition, but rather recognizing the very good of the past. Can, can you expand on this just a bit, perhaps even concerning the novel and everything? Let's yes. Well, I, I think that this is important. They were they, they were they wanted to do something new and individual to leave their own impact on it. But they realized that they had to do it. Not they had to earn the right to do it. They had to work through it. And thus, you had the continuity of tradition. And thus, you had uh, uh, the individual musician discovering his own voice, his own way of expressing himself through that tradition. He extends it and realizes it himself. And I think the same thing happens uh, uh, in all arts uh, until the publicity people get behind them, and then they start trying to gimmick this thing up. Sometimes it turns uh, around on them when they grab someone like Ray Charles, <laughs> who just reaches out and, and uh, uh, puts it all in a bundle, and he makes it all work. But he, is, he is, again, is one who has mastered the many traditions. Uh, what happens in fiction so often uh, these days is that, that uh, writers want to, to do something new and startling, so they resort to extreme statements. Or they resort to, um, they raid uh, the theater of the absurd, for instance, and bring it here where it started, <laughs> which is most amazing to me. Um, uh, if we don't have to go to, to the Europeans for the, to, to learn what to do with the absurd. We have it in the Marx Brothers and, and uh, the Ritz Brothers and Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> we have it in jazz. We have it in the vaudeville. We have it in, in the blackface comedians and the minstrels. We, we are the people parks lots of, of, of the absurd. I think of this phrase, seeking newness for newness sake. I remember some of these young jazz musicians, not, not Charlie Parker or Gillespie, who respected the past, yes. but those who worshiped Parker without knowing why, as that yeah. it began with him, yeah. whereas he himself would have denied it, of course. Yes, yes. Well, it's, it, it's just a, mis, a, a, a misunderstanding. Uh, uh, and it comes out of, I mean, uh, when we, we leave off the people who are just, just trying to, to uh, forge gimmicks to make a lot of dough, uh, it comes partially uh, through the American tradition of not being tied to the past, because this can happen too. You, you, you're so busy trying to, to uh, uh, measure up to what has been done or to reproduce what has been done that you forget that your obligation is to make something which will reflect your own times and your own emotions with as much freshness as you can bring to it. With much freshness, and yet I remember this phrase. I know I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember your phrase in this essay, uh, 
society morality in the novel. You spoke somewhere toward the end. I'll ask you about this too in Critics. But the novelist, the, he tries somewhat to express the universality of man. I, I know I'm saying this wrong, and yet toward the end, you, you were speaking of the uh, tradition of the novel, the 19th century today, of how the critic categorizes, and the novelist works out of the fires of chaos, a phrase yes. you used. But at the end, there's something he wants to say about the human, uh, humanness in us. Yes. Well, I, 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 I still stand by that. I, but I think that, that for the novelist, um, he must reach that universal statement through the specific, through reporting, through, 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 through careful attention to the details, the, the emotions, the moods of his own time and of his own particular uh, uh, place of origin. Um, this, this is so often misunderstood by writers. They think that the only way to be universal is to go over and write about somebody else who, has, who is of a higher station in life or, or of a group which uh, is politically freer or economically more affluent. But, it, it, but that isn't what I mean. I mean that, that uh, once a writer really looks at human experience in all of its specificity, then he begins to see where in uh, the human quality of man is expressing itself in particular forms. And when he can do that, when he can convey it uh, for the reader, then the reader begins to identify with it. He, feel, he has a way into experience which he might have been denied in actual living. But because the writer has been so true to the details and has seen them believing, and I guess this is part of the writer's morality, that he must believe that all human life is sacred and that all human expression, all uh, human uses of, of language uh, uh, is potentially useful and that all human desires are basically the same. <laughs> Uh, despite the, the ability of, the, the, uh, of, uh, uh, of uh, some individuals to achieve these desires and others uh, having a total lack of the ability to do so. Yet the humanity, the common humanity is there, and his role is to make us aware of our common humanity within all of the diversity of the universe, of society. Somewhere you were saying, remember the novel uh, expresses a vision. It's his vision of experience, but expressed metaphorically. Yes, yes, yes. I think so, that, that, that you, uh, and you don't just uh, get this out of the air somewhere and say, well, this is it. You work through to it yourself. Only, only by putting your vision to a test, by projecting it into, into symbolic figures, uh, which are based, as I say, upon real situations upon uh, uh, the, 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 your, your sense of what it means to be a man in the world. And through that, as you test your, your, your vision through plot and character and atmosphere and dialogue and all, all the elements which go to make up a fiction, uh, you decide what you are because you, by testing your, 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 your vision of reality, you arrive a little closer to what actually is. You break through the illusion which you are, are bound to accumulate as you live. You spoke of critics 
who, by virtue of their work, categorize and seek form as ways of, this yeah. is their way, they describe, they label. But you said the novelist, the creative, works, and this phrase used, in the fires of chaos, as yeah. I remember this, you know. Well, I, uh, chaos, because when you, when you start really thinking about um, um, any form of experience, uh, which is, has uh, abided for a while, when you take it into your mind, into your imagination, you're breaking it down. You are abstracting it. There's no doubt about it. You're taking it out of context, and you're throwing it into the world of your own emotions. That is chaos. But as you do this, uh, uh, you're apt to be asking, well, what really, what, 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 what do people really feel? How do they really act? How do I really feel about events? How do I really feel about these values? How do I feel about, uh, how do these, these slogans, these ideals, which we, we talk so much about, uh, really uh, 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 look when we examine them as they are made real or not made real in our conduct? And once you do that, then you've you, 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 you got it in, in, in the old, old uh, fire. Uh, the critics can't help you there. Because you, you are trying to create an image of reality which they will have to confront. They can offer you suggestions and so on, but they cannot descend into that fire with you. It's, it's a kind of, of uh, somebody has said, a reasoned madness. I forget who it was. But um, you think of, of, a, of a writer, uh, of, of a, well, now we know about Hemingway, don't we? after his brother and his sister have written these books of what his life was like when he was a young boy and a young man, the conflicts with the family. We know that he was living through a kind of chaos, that, that the impact of, of his, his, uh, his falling out with his parents uh, cost him a lot of pain. And uh, we might say that they were as traumatic, or even more traumatic, than his being, being uh, shelled in Italy. And he goes, uh, uh, in the early stories and some of the first novels, he went back to that experience again and again, back into that chaos of emotion and lostness and, and, and pain, uh, uh, which, which, which gave him his sharpest feeling of, uh, uh, about what it meant to be a man. And through that chaos, by shaping it into form, by projecting it into characters, by, by building it, by attaching it to, to, to details of reality which lay outside of himself, and, in, uh, and I guess the, uh, 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 the, the, the way that, that, that he did this most effectively was by attaching it to the forms which the great masters of literature had forged for dealing with chaos. They're looking for revelation of self. That is, I suppose reality is against the fantasy. Yes, yeah, so the, 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 the revelation of self in and, and uh, uh, for the writer in impersonal terms, you see, uh, that is for the fiction he, writer. He still must be detached as he, an artist. He, yes, he must be. He must. He must. Must reveal himself in rendered forms. And there is a mystery there. And it's no point in going to and said, "Oh God, this guy hated his mother or something," because that isn't what's happening. Uh, uh, whatever caused the the, the 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 impulse toward creation. It only works when it has been impersonalized becoming, by becoming literature, by being reduced to form. 
And this is what we, we, we like so much about a jazz musician. Uh, uh, and as we were saying about the blues earlier, the guy who's singing the blues might be feeling bad, but on the other hand, he might be feeling very good. But what stands between us and his pr private emotions is what he makes of those private emotions.